ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies Tuesday Night Flight. And of course, it's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG sitting in with the incomparable, the undefeated. I got to think of more adjectives and superlatives for this guy because he does it all around here. The Midnight Rider. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. I'm trying to get some things and I got to do some things to get some other things. There we go. Tuesday Night Flight. It is. First first and foremost how you feeling i'm good man today started out thinking that we didn't have much to talk about besides the games and voila the gods give us so <laughs> asking you shall receive exactly seek and you shall find not and go. the door shall be open unto you and i'm That's not right. a religious person but i know these things <laughs> i know these things because uh it's the truth now I got a couple of things that I got to shoot over and later on but it's it's a lot. So we're going to run through this whole entire show and we're not going to do no overtime. That's how good we are tonight. So overtime. No, oh, I'm messing with you. <laughs> Here we go. Let's go. Niners Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles beat the San Francisco 49ers 31 to 7 in the NFC Championship game, number one versus number two in the NFC. The George Hallis Memorial Trophy goes home to the Philadelphia Eagles. Congratulations. Fly, Eagles, fly. Jalen Hurts 15 to 25, 121. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell 14 carries, 48 yards. Miles Sanders 11 42. Hurts 11 for 39 and a touchdown. Boston Scott 6 for 21 and a touchdown. Devontae Smith, two for 36. One of those two was very controversial. We'll get to that in a second. Um, A.J. Brown, four for 28. Now, on the other side, let's do both sides before we get into the controversy and some things that were said. That kind of pissed me off a little bit. Um, Josh Johnson had to come in for Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was four for four for 23 yards, went out with an elbow injury. Uh, What was that, a, a torn UCL? Yes, it is. It's a torn UCL. Um, Josh Johnson came in a relief, 7-13 for 74 yards. They couldn't move the ball. Christian McCaffrey, 15 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown. George Kittle, one carry, four yards. Um, Debo Samuel, three catches, 33 yards. Kittle, three catches, 32 yards. Now, we talked about, I mentioned it just a few seconds ago, the controversial catch of Devontae Smith. That was not a catch. Midnight Rider. Um, keep it simple. Well, I agree. I was yelling at. I mean, I was yelling at when it, when it happened. It just didn't. When he came down, it just didn't look like he caught it or kept it um in his um away from the ground. So I was hollering for them to challenge it right away. Uh, but sometimes you know when you on the field, you don't get the best sight lines. Uh, so there's no telling what sight line Kyle had on that play. And then also, I guess the spotters just didn't get a chance. Because Philly did a great job of getting up on the line and getting and getting the next play going before anything could happen. Actually, I didn't think they even made it so that you couldn't even get a good replay um, off the TV copy. So I can only imagine what it was in real time for them. Hmm, excuse me. I will say this. The supposed catch, one angle, it looked like it was a great catch. The other angle... Not so much, but everybody hyped it up as this awesome, 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 awesome catch, but it really wasn't that. Right. Um, secondly, 
Brock Purdy went out in his game and he tore his UCL. Reggie Bush made a comment and it pissed me the hell off. He said Brock Purdy should have came back in the game because all he had was a boo-boo. Little Reggie Bush. The dude that had three carries for negative three yards on the season. Little Reggie Bush. The man that got blasted by Sheldon Brown on a swing pass that had to crawl to the sidelines and miss the rest of that drive and the subsequent next drive. Little Reggie Bush. I think this is awesome, right? You talking about heart that Brock Purdy has. He still came back in the game with a torn UCL and tried to play. But you coming for him because he did, he had a boo-boo that he might require surgery for. He'll probably be out to July, maybe August. I'm going to need Reggie Bush to get his motherfucking life together. And yeah, I said it. Okay. It's the heat of battle. You do not come at somebody about something that you, if you've never experienced pain like that, that's like, God forbid, I hope I never experienced this because it's one of my worst fears. And that's tearing my ACL. I've never felt that pain before. But I'm not going to be mad at somebody because they didn't come back into a game after tearing the ACL. Right. And Reggie Bush played the game. You should know better. Know better. Like, why? The criticism of players going out of games because of injury and not being able to return, you don't know how severe that injury is. Now, Phillip Rivers, absolute dog. That same year, Jay Cutler couldn't play. If he couldn't play, he couldn't play, but he took a bad rap for that. Rest of his career. He quit on his team. I didn't feel that way, but I digress. This Niners team, um, I, I had actually got into it with a Niners fan in a good way, in a good way. And she said the game was rigged. I said, how was it rigged? This game is not rigged. Y'all getting your ass whooped. All right. I said, bang, bang, Niners, dang. Y'all got your ass whooped. If Purdy wouldn't have went down, this would have been a, a different game. But if it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. It'd be a closer game, but Philly Philly had had something for him. It was something about that five the five man front and them locking up um, Reddick and Sweat on the tight ends, um, not named Kittle, and and Philadelphia managing pressure there. And Philadelphia had pressure on them all day long, and I know we talked about that in the pre show. Like they do some dynamic stuff in their blitz packages, and they create openings. It's almost Akin to what Martindale does in getting a free runner to the uh, free blitzer to the quarterback, but they just do it a little bit different and they got dogs. I mean, for a team that has 73 sacks on the season, and the highest is the Chicago Bears from 85 with 80, uh, you're doing some things. You're doing some, you're putting some pressure on the quarterback. So, right. I mean, I don't, I don't see where that ball game, Philly wouldn't have won that ball game. I can say that. I don't see a, a route around that. Okay. I will say this. Um, congratulations to Philly. Uh, normally I would give them a ration of shit, but this Philly team is pretty damn good. I think that game and the previous game puts to rest any notion that Jalen Hurts isn't that guy. He isn't him. That should put to rest anything. Like all the other is he really the MVP candidate or is it the team? No, no, no. It's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is him. 
And I ain't talking about him from Powerpuff Girls neither. But you, you said he only had 120 yards passing. So that's gonna they're gonna that's gonna be the first thing that people go to. But what get I'm just telling you what hey I, no, I understand what you're saying. And my rebuttal to that is without being harsh, without cussing anybody out, because I want to. He only had 120. What was it? 121? Let me yeah. let me get it right. Was it 121? Eagles. He had 121. He only threw the ball 25 times. Here's the thing. Look at how many times they ran the ball as opposed to, to, to uh, throwing it. They were ahead so big they didn't have to throw. It was unnecessary to throw. When you got a big lead, what do you do? Pound the rock. And they couldn't stop the run. San Francisco couldn't stop the run for shit. All right. Let's call a spade a spade. Let me see. 14 plus 11 is 25. That's then you, all, you also got another 11 on top of that. So that's 36. 6, 42. They ran the ball 44 times. And really and truly it wasn't 44 because Gardner Minshew came in and took two kneel downs. So they ran the ball, what did I say, 42? 42 times. Yeah. What, what did you expect? This game was in the can at halftime, to be honest. It was 21-7 at halftime. It was in a can. Yeah, and then once you knew that you either had the option of Christian McCaffrey or – um. What's it? Use that use check as the next quarterback coming in. I mean, it, it ended right then and there. There was no other options. And I think, see, if it was a different situation, I think um, we would get that rush to judgment, that um, overreaction. And the overreaction would be every team needs to carry three quarterbacks active on game day. I think they should do that anyway, but. I think that could be something that becomes because a lot of teams don't carry the third quarterback anymore. They only do two. But I mean, as we've seen this season, I think there has to be an emphasis on making sure teams have at least three quarterbacks in their camps and on their rosters, just, just to keep us from this. I say four. And the only reason why I say four, three for the active roster, one on the practice squad that knows the playbook that if, if need be, he can step in as the emergency quarterback. But okay. that was another thing that was said. Oh, we ran out of quarterbacks, and, you know, it, the league is against us. said, no, your quarterback got hurt. You signed Josh Johnson, who is not a bad quarterback. He just needs a chance. But, you know, his window's closing because he's getting older. Not because he, he's, he's losing a step. He's getting older. But you talk about needing quarterbacks, and the thing is – that's John Lynch's fault. He didn't go out and sign somebody else. He didn't go out and sign somebody else outside of Josh Johnson, who he got off of uh, Detroit. Was it Detroit? Or? I thought it was Tennessee, but either, either way, he, he got him off somebody's practice squad. Now, last thing, and then I'm going to move on. I, you know, you, you got something else to say, you say, but last thing, and I'm moving on. Okay. Somebody said, well, they better call Kaepernick. And Somebody had to comment, nah, keep his bum ass where the fuck he at. And I responded because I only I can do this because I'm so pissed off about this. I said, this dude's a bum, but he led them to two back-to-back NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl. But he's a bum, though. Stop with the revisionist history. The reason why Kaepernick's career suffered, coaching change. Chip Kelly didn't want him. Tom Sula didn't want him. 
They wanted to turn him into something that he was not. That team, those teams were bad, period, once Jim Harbaugh left. Let's not act like they were saved the world and, oh, uh, Tom Sula and Chip Kelly were just the guys and they were just these great teams and they just a quarterback away. Stop it. These teams are 3-13. and 13. Nobody was winning. Stop. I'm done. Okay. I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole. Because if I do, we're going to be here for two hours. That's why I said okay. Not poking the bear on this one. Yeah, because that's that 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 that'll get you mold. Yeah. Now, AFC side, the Lamar Hunt Memorial Trophy stays at home. Kansas City Chiefs win 23-20. Uh game ended on some controversy. But uh, I don't think it was too much controversy, but great game by uh Patty Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, 29 of 43, 326, and two touchdowns. Uh they didn't run the ball very much. That and I noticed that's one thing without um Edwards Hilaire. That's one thing they don't have very much of is running in uh Kansas City. Even before no, no, it's been like that all year. They've they've done some running, but for the most part, they use their passing game <clears throat> as a supplement to their run game. I think Marquez Valdez, Valdez Scantling, I think he has to be one of the most fortunate players outside of possibly Jerry Rice. Cause he got two Hall of Fame quality quarterbacks within years of his career. You 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 gotta you look at Jerry Rice's earlier. He went from Montana to Steve Young. Mm-hmm. And Rich Gannon wasn't bad either. So, you know, I I, I want to put as far as fortunate as in careers, Marquez Vandel, Valdez Scantling. He was six, he six catches 116 yards. Um, on the other side for the Bengals, Joe Burrow. Not so good. 26 of 41, 270 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. Uh, Samaji P. Ryan, five carries, 22 yards, and a touchdown. Joe Mixon, eight carries, and 19 yards. T. Higgins, six catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Um, this game, I said, as I said before, ended on uh, controversy. Patrick Mahomes scrambling, gets to the sideline as he crosses the boundary, out of bounds. Uh, defensive end, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Joseph outside, outside, say. Gives him a shove in the back. Yeah. Gives him a shove in the back, draws a 15-yard penalty. First down. They get the get in field goal range, get the extra 15 yards. What upset me the most wasn't it comes. The, <laughs> it, I, look, if I'm gonna be hundred percent, I'm gonna be hundred. What upset me the most was the reaction. Um, help me out. Who who was the who's the who was the linebacker? I think his name was Jermaine Lewis or something like that. I know you said the guy that was yelling yes. in the hallway. Yes. This man, Osai, was already on the field crying because he made a mistake. He knew he made a mistake, and it cost him the AFC Championship game. He Everybody's coming over to console. Next linebacker. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I even Micah Parsons tweeted, that's lame. And I feel that way, and I've been saying that all season. You don't ride somebody's back like that. You sitting there yelling at him, going off and all this animation and stuff while y'all going to the locker room. The man's already hurting. You kicking him while he down. It was Jermaine Pratt. Jermaine Pratt. You kicking him while he's down. 
That's uncalled for. That it really is. Just like when I said about Dak, when he went at uh, Brett Maher for missing the extra points against Tampa Bay, but nobody went at him when he threw those picks against uh, San Francisco. You see what I'm saying? If you're going to hold somebody accountable, you hold them accountable. And I think one of the most – a great Wait. example of holding a player accountable. What? When Kobe took those two threes and he missed it, airballed him. Shaq didn't go, why the fuck did you shoot that? Nah, nah, nah. Shaq pulled him to the side. He said, next time, shoot it again. Because he had the confidence to take a shot as a youngster. But Shaq no, pulled him to the side. And as they walked off the court after losing to Utah, they walked off the court. And he had his arm around him. He was, he, I ain't going to say coddling, but he was in his ear about, you did good. Don't worry about what nobody else said. Everybody was clapping it up because he had the, he had the audacity. I'm sorry. He had the wherewithal and the heart to take that shot. That's how you be a leader. That's how you be a teammate. Now, I'm a grown-ass man. You get to yelling at me like that, and I'm already feeling down, you might as well go ahead and call your dentist because all your front's gone. It's not because I can't be corrected. I understand I made a mistake, but you don't harp on it because I made a mistake. I'm admitting my mistake. I know it. I'm down about it. I'm already in the dumps. Like, come on, man. Ease up. You look like you got something to say. Go for it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually avoiding a topic and in, in a part of the conversation. So that's what that's what this is. I'm, I'm biting my tongue right now. So the other controversy we missed um, was the third. I think it was a third and eight with the referees coming in from the back, um, the back part of the field, and they have to replay the down. Or um, so that was another play. That was when the NFL is rigged comments really started coming out on Twitter. I think there was like 28,000 tweets or retweets or some version of that conversation. And I think when you had two teams that are equally matched <clears throat> like we did, I mean, there's no other way this game can end without just something happening. And, and, and it's not meant to blame the referees, but it's just one of those situations where you have a really tight ball game and, and every Call matters. Every play matters. <clears throat> and that's what this happened was. And the poor kid pushing the quarterback out of bounds. I think he got aided by Pat not being on a good ankle. So I think Pat fell a little bit more than – I don't know if he flopped, but I think he fell a little bit more than he normally would have in that situation with a, with a better will with, with his legs on her. I agree. And then I just think the game overall, I mean, it's – it's a classic um, championship game. Comes down to the very end. You got a quarterback gutting it out. Um, he tried to get my boy Kadarius Tony's touchdown. I don't know what it is why we can't get my man in the end zone, but it is what it is. Michael Westbrook. Nah. No, nah, you remember that season they tried to get yeah. they were trying to get Michael Westbrook a touchdown. Couldn't do it until yeah. Tony Banks stepped in. Yeah. That beautiful season. Yeah, we reeled off. What we went eight and eight that year. So yep. Well, Super Bowl's matchup is set, made history. Uh, a lot of people online crying about it. Why are you gonna bring race into it? But for the first time ever, you have two black quarterbacks facing off against each other in football's grandest stage. And I, I you know, I think that's that shows we've come a long way. We've come 
to the point that people of color are getting a chance to play quarterback at the highest level. That's saying something. When you have someone like Marlon Briscoe, who was the first black starting quarterback in the AFL, but wound up getting switched to wide receiver after playing pretty damn well in Buffalo, but could not get no playing time because he was black. And now we we're and today is the anniversary of Doug Williams winning a Super Bowl 22 and an MVP and being the first black quarterback to start a Super Bowl, first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl, first black quarterback to win an MVP. What he blazed the, the way. What was that dumb question the guy asked him? Well, it's been speculated over years, but it was supposed to be how long have you been playing quarterback? But he said, how long have you been a black quarterback? That's what I thought he said. Okay. I know it was something crazy like that. I didn't want to butcher it too bad. And I knew my um, historian here of all things Super Bowl would know the answer to that. Oh, yeah. Um, but I just I, – I love some of the progress. And I'm going to say some because there was a kid you brought up in um, early in the year, Bruce Perkins – who really didn't get too much of an opportunity in Saint in um, Los Angeles? Uh, they actually went and signed somebody, um, but I think the amount of young black quarterbacks that are in the league now is a good thing. The only problem is um, some of their limitations from a from a offensive standpoint. And when I talk about limitations, I'm talking about like a kid like Malik Willis who just didn't. Like, he, he played so bad that they couldn't evaluate the talent around him. So they had to go out and sign. Uh, thankfully for us, they signed a kid like Josh Dobbs, and Dobbs looked serviceable. Uh, and that might actually keep Dobbs in Tennessee, depending on who they create, make the starter next year. Um, but it's just a lot of opportunities that I hope, I wish um, some of our quarterbacks get. Uh, Geno Smith did a great job this year uh, resurfacing and, and making – making himself known, but, you know, it's funny when you have a quarterback that struggles, but he plays for a defensive-minded coach because the defensive-minded coach is going to run the ball 52, 54% of the time as opposed to passing the ball, and they're not going to ask him to do a whole bunch of stuff, and I think that's why you got that bump from Geno. Um, so I'm curious as to how this goes and how this transcends. Uh, this next class has a couple of, um, I think, I think Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, the kid from Tennessee, Heaton Hooker. Uh, so we've got a nice crop of young black guys coming in to play quarterback. Um, in terms of the history, uh, it's just a beautiful thing that we've gotten. I'm not going to say we got past that, but that moment happened, and now it's kind of like another building block. And um, they always talk about standing on the shoulders of those before you. And this is a perfect example of these two young guys standing on the shoulders of Doug Williams, um, the Warren Moons. Uh, and even if you look at Warren Moon, I mean, Warren Moon's total passing career between Canada <clears throat> and the NFL is probably the most yards that any quarterback has, period. Who? Go ahead. He was surpassed a few years ago by Henry Burris. If you don't know Henry Burris, he played in the NFL. Maybe I think he had a cup of coffee in the NFL. Was he? he made... I know the name. He was either in. I know he was in Canada. Yes, he. That's where he made his career at. 
Um, was it the Alouettes? Uh, was it that? Was that where he spent his time at? That, um, don't don't get caught up in the minutia of that. But okay, because Birds played most of his most of his playing time would been Canada, the large majority of his playing career. Yeah, because he was a backup. Yeah, a long time ago. See, the only problem is when you put in most when you put in pro football. <laughs> they don't they just count the NFL. When we talk pro football, you gotta count the CFL as well. But uh Warren Moon, don't get me started on him. Uh because I said years ago, I'm sorry, Henry Burris has been eclipsed. It is now Anthony Calvillo. Okay. 79,816. I know he wears number 15. Um, I know he played for the Alouettes at one point. Oh, shoot. But no, Tom Brady's at 89,000. I didn't know Tom Brady was that damn high. So Tom Brady has more yards than anybody. Hell, he played a couple more years. Tom Brady might hit 100,000 yards. It's going to be interesting, man. Yeah, most definitely. Damn, TB. But, I mean, when you got a long, fruitful career, you can do that. Damn. Anyway, I'm hoping that this next crop comes in and they're taken serious. You know, I, I hate seeing quarterbacks come in. Uh, I know I can say a name right now. I know you'll know. A quarterback like Woody Dantzler. He came in, they changed him to safety. Um, He's also a no- punt returner. Huh? Punt returner as well. Yeah. Um. Uh, what was the boy name out of uh, Nebraska? Was it Scott Frost? Yeah. They 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 turned him into a safety. Uh, Arnell's battle was turned into a uh, wide receiver. He turned into a wide receiver at Notre Dame when he broke his wrist. But he was a pretty damn good quarterback. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. See, revisionist history. This is what I be talking about. No. <laughs> Go ahead. I, Go ahead. I, I like them. I, I was a big Arnell's battle fan. Um. Almost named my first son Arnaz because of him. Anyway, you got so many quarterbacks that had to change positions because they couldn't get a shine. But, hey, Super Bowl history is Super Bowl history. Whether you like it or not, and, you know, don't say, well, Patrick Mahomes is not black. Whatever. It's history. Live in the moment. Enjoy it. Nobody's taking anything away from anybody else. Nobody's saying, oh, they doing it better than this quarterback or that. No, no. At this moment, this is history. Let's right. just enjoy it for what it is and say, hey, I was alive to see that. That's how I look at everything. I was alive to see it. Okay. I'm, I like that. I like that. It's kind of like the um, – kind of ironic you say that as I wear this that shirt. And um, there in the game, the guy says – like, remember where you are, remember where you were sitting, kind of just trying to tell you to, to to be settled in the moment and just take in and appreciate the moment uh, for what it is uh, and not get too lost in it. Um, and also take a moment to take a breath and appreciate it. And I agree. I agree 1,000%. Um, next up, sticking with the NFL, Sean Payton gone to the Broncos. Uh Wealthy deal. Hey, Faye. How you doing, Faye? Good to see you, Faye. 
Whew. Moving right along. Um, I had to get my Faye Jackson fix. Uh, <laughs> as you can see by the graphic there. Uh, the, We're transitioning from book. Okay. All right, let's go. You got you you gotta have love for Faye Jackson. If the Nubian Sumo was here, he would love that because he would sit in the middle. He would sit in the middle. Um the Saints receive a first round pick in 2023 and a second round pick, I believe that's in 2024. That is correct. And the Broncos receive Sean Payton and a third round pick in 2024, Four. I believe. Yep. Yep. My graphic was off. I'm sorry. That is my fault. I did a terrible, terrible job. Um what do you think about this move? I know Delonte is pretty goddamn stoked because he got a, a, a I think this is your best coach since hmm John Fox. <laughs> I said it, I said John Fox. No, I mean Fox was okay. I mean, I think it's probably the best um since Shanahan. But Ooh, but Fox took him to a Super Bowl. Wasn't Fox too? That, that was the guy coaching Peyton Manning, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't discount coaches, but uh you discounting this one. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Just mm. like Anthony Gates got a job based off of Peyton Manning, and people thought he was a great play caller, but yeah. But the Let's get off of that. Let's get to Peyton. Um, I think it's a great move for him. It gives them somebody that hopefully um, can can figure out what the heck is going on with Russ. Maybe he can sit him down, <clears throat> uh, make him take direct phone calls from teammates or something. Um, like Russ needs an a, an adjustment bad, and and I, and I hope that he's humbled by this this last season because he didn't look good. His teammates look like they hate his guts, and all he wanted to do was hide knees on the plane down the um, run down the aisle while they were on the tarmac. So um, I hope he finds somebody to get in touch with him. I wonder who the DC is going to be. I know they talked about Steve Wilkes. Uh, that's a ready-made defense. Like the problem that they they going to have is um, I know I said this a lot about a lot of things, but I think they need to get a running back to go with um, Javante Javante Williams. Um, just in case he gets hurt and you have somebody to back it up. And then receiver-wise, I just – I love Jerry Judy coming out of Alabama, but I feel like he drops the football too much. And that that doesn't help the situation when you have a quarterback that's struggling. Um, K.J. Hamler, okay, Cortland Sutton, hopefully another year removed from his leg injury, gets him back to being uh, more explosive. But but he didn't look as fast this year. Tight end wise, I can't think of. I think it's Albert Osawingun um, that they have at tight end. So they have some. Oh, and then the kid from um, Aldrich. So they have some tight end help. They just gotta get. They just gotta get on the field and make some moves. And hopefully they can get some linemen to help protect Russ from Russ. Uh, and then hopefully he's danger Russ. I guess. If that's what he wants to be, but something's got to happen, man. And, and um, hopefully, Sean Payton's innovative mind can can pick some things apart, and they get somewhere with this with this team. And I, I apologize because I misspoke 
it was not John Fox that led them to the Super Bowl. John Fox led them to an AFC championship game in 2013. That was Gary Kubiak who led them to the Super Bowl in 2015. And I could have sworn they went to two Super Bowls. Yeah, they and, played Carolina and then they played um Seattle. Yeah. And they lost to Seattle. Yeah, Seattle, they got Molly Wops. Hmm. Yeah, they, they got beat bad. And when they played Carolina, that's Von Miller. Uh that's Super Bowl 50. Yeah. I do remember that. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. I like this move. Um, I don't expect Russ to be uh Drew Brees, but hell, if you get him some receivers and a dominant tight end up the middle, I think you could see a new Russell West, uh, Russell Westbrook. Oh my god, Russell Wilson. Um, I think you could see a new one. So you need one because <laughs> you got three years of that contract being, I think it's 46, 47, and 50, maybe. The next three years of that deal before you even get an off ramp, mm. yeah. So you, you got to do something and you got to get a, a deep playoff run next year, AFC championship game, or at least an AFC championship win with a Super Bowl appearance the year after. And you got to get that last year with all that money before you know you can get out. You got to get at least a Super Bowl title out of it. I'm sorry, you have to. God dang, boy, you got the bar. Man, with the amount of money, look, you got my new bowl holding the bar. <laughs> when it comes to money, if I'm putting out the money, obviously I think we can win right away. I hear you. Go, go ahead. And, you know you. I know you, you. don't. You may not agree with it, but I paid you this amount of money because I want you to help get us over the bar. This should have been just a playoff year, if anything. They should have made wild card, if anything, because they don't have a whole lot of a whole lot of working pieces. But now you got yourself a coach. You got Russ. Start adding pieces in free agents. I'm not even sure what their cap number looks like. But you got to start adding uh, uh, people in, in, in places and start adding players to fit what you're trying to do that's there to win. Maybe you need to pull a 94-49ers. Let these guys know, hey, two-year deal, nothing more. After that, that's it. We're blowing it up. Or you're gone and I'm going to replace you. Well, see, that's going to be two years. See, new owner, new owner that's not going to want, oh, we're doing two-year deal. We got to, nah, they, like, he gonna, he's going to want um, like a Tomlin-esque type of run. He's going to want to be good for a while. So he's not going to be dipping his toes in the water just to have this quick run and then blow it up. Yeah. They're going to they're want to establish something because they're going to want to keep themselves as one of the top franchises in this league. So there's no way they're doing a short-term plan. I think I get right. what you're saying though. I get what you're saying. No, I, I, I like 94 49ers. They knew that it, 94, it was Super Bowl or bus. Right. That was it. Now if they could have kept that team together and spent money the following year. They would have been right back at it. If Steve young would have never got, I mean, I got so many damn ifs, but still, um, next up, D'Amico Ryan, new head coach of the Texas. I think what he got a six year, $120 million deal. Whoa, <laughs> maybe six and 25. D'Amico Ryan's 
Oh shit! I thought she liked but, that. But one. I like the way he did this. He, he he used the Broncos to leverage himself into the extra year, and the smart thing about that play is, for some reason, if Houston decides to continue this one year carousel and pay coaches for the rest of their contracts, he'd coach for a year and get paid for five years and be able to sit at home or do whatever he wants to do. Um, kind of with I mean, Cully, I think Cully has like 17 million old to him. Uh, I'm not sure what Lovey has old to him, but still, it's just I mean, for like the Texans just want to pay people to sit at home, they paid Deshaun Watson to sit at home. Yeah, now he, he, here's my here's my thing. They even set up his oh, no, my, I can go there. <laughs> now, go in there. Here's my thing. You had a pretty damn decent team down in Houston. Bill O'Brien comes in, takes over as GM, which he should have never been a GM. He wasn't really that good at Penn State to take this job. Bill O'Brien comes in for six years, fucks up everything. Everything, every foundation they laid, he gets rid of DeAndre um, Hopkins because he doesn't like that he has kids out of wedlock. Like, whose business is that of yours? All I'm worried about, young, everything all right on you. Personally, is everything okay? Kids all right? Moms all right? All right. This is what the game plan is. I need you to catch touchdowns. I'm not worried about anything else. What you do with your pecker is on you. I don't care. We are here to win championships. Bill O'Brien overstepped his bounds and fucked up the Texans. Once he got fired, um, you hired Cully, who was 4-13 in 2021. Lovey Smith took over 3-13 and and won. And he was a defensive coordinator the previous season. He took over last season and was three and thirteen. Now you bring in D'Amico Ryan's and uh, pretty damn good defensive coach. I will say that. Here's my problem. What's your problem? Not the hire. The hire is a great hire. Where's the problem? That if the Texans fuck him over like they did the last two black coaches, I say we right. See. All right, I, I get that. I get that. Um, I'll let you lead that charge, but <laughs> the Texans are in a good spot now. I, and this is the part I, I I talk about and I don't like, is they'll make a coach sit through the garbage and then bring in somebody. And this is one of the first times that person being brought in is a person of color. But they have – I think they have two picks in the first round thanks to um, the Army Tunsil deal. I think they may have another pick in the second. They've got picks. Um, they have enough picks that they can start building this up from the ground up. And I think number one has to be, if they're picking four, they have to make the move with the Bears uh, to get them their quarterback. And unless they're confident enough to sit at four and take what's left. They're in that spot where um, – a team like Chicago, when they drafted Trubisky, uh, some of these teams where it's you're you're at a point where you the Giants are the best example of that the year that um, Daniel Jones and Haskins were out, and the Giants had two picks. They had one at six, and I think the next one was at like thirteen or so. So they had the option to wait on the pick, but um, I'm a firm believer if that's who you want, then that's who you go get. So if Daniel Jones was the quarterback they wanted, I got to take out all the extra exponents 
or the other factors before that happens. I can't wait for him at 13 because you don't know if a team is going to trade up in front of you. And that's happened probably before. I mean, think about Mahomes. I mean, the Chiefs went from 26 to 10 to get Mahomes that year. So you can't wait on the quarterback to just fall in your lap. Sometimes you got to make that move to go up. And even though <clears throat> it might not work, the quarterback is the most important person on the field. So you got to take that chance. It's like them shirts that um McVay and which call we're rocking. Fuck them draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you got to take that shot, man. Because you can always get them. And they got them. You get compensation picks now. You get picks of getting the um, – a minority coach hired, like you can get stuff to, to help build your team, and then you make moves. You move back a little bit. Like I can see Washington moving back a little bit, maybe taking a linebacker, taking an old lineman, and then adding another pick because you, you can replace that third, even though you get a third um, probably in compensation for Brandon Scherf, and you'll probably get a six mm-hmm. for um, Tim Settle. So, again, situations, man. <clears throat> Use that drive. Now his uh his uh, D'Amico Ryan's resume. This was second round, huh? Second round pick in twenty uh two thousand six for the, for the Houston Texans. So yeah, coming back home pretty much. Um, he was named the two thousand six Cotton Bowl Classic Defensive MVP. Played at Alabama. Uh, he received the Lot Trophy. Um. NCAA, this is 2006 NCAA Top 8 Award. Mm-hmm. Cotton Bowl Class Defensive MVP, as I, I mentioned. The uh, Consensus First Team All-American in 2005. SEC Defensive Player of the Year in 2005. First Team All-SEC Lot Trophy. Uh, Bettineric Trophy Semifinalist. Um, Butkus Award Finalist. Dratty Award Finalist. Nagurski Award Finalist. Lombardi Award Semifinalist. In 2004, he was a second team All-SEC. He was a defensive rookie of the year in 2006 in the NFL. First team All-Pro in 2007. Pro Bowl in 07 and 09. All-rookie team in 06. Like, six-year contract. Are they going to let him shop for the groceries? That's all I need to know. Is he going to be able to shop for the groceries? He's not going to shop for the groceries because they have – they brought in um, Nick Sirius? Caceres. Yeah, I I, I, I really – but here's my thing. And when I say shop for the groceries, I don't mean go out and actually go to the store. But if he has a list and he say, these are the players I want. You got to, as a GM, if my, me as a GM, my coach comes to me and say, these are the players that I need. These are the players that I want. Give me your needs first. Let me take care of your needs. Then you tell me what your wants are. When I, when I get your wants, I'm going to say, okay, we got money for him, him, him. I don't know if we can afford him. We'll try. We'll do what we can I want to give my coach everything he needs and wants as a GM so he has no excuse why he's not winning. But what if you don't agree with the evaluation on the kid that he wants? Because that's your job. You're the general manager. You're the person watching the tape and studying the film. Here's my thing. He comes to you and says, hey, I want this Will Levis kid. But you're looking at the Will Levis tape and trying to figure out why because the kid's feet are all over the place. He throws a lot of interceptions. Um, honestly, he's partially up there because he's six three, and he's a prototypical type, more so of a prototypical, prototypical type quarterback than anything else. And it, it doesn't help that Bryce Young is five eleven, one eighty three, and C.J. Stroud at times struggles with um his accuracy. So, like, 
he's the perfect person to to jump into the fray at two or even at one, depending on your 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 status. So how can you tell your coach, hey, you want this, I'll get you this, but then you know deep down in your heart you want Levis or you want Stroud. See that that's that's where two adults sit down and have a conversation. They communicate. They don't yell at each other. They, the, the GM does not. Now, if you're my coach, I'm the GM, and you come to me and say, hey, I want this guy. And I look at the tape, and I don't agree with it. That's why we have these things right here. That's why we have Zoom and any kind of video call, and I can say, hey, I looked at the tape, and I saw this, this, and this. You sure you want this it. guy? Well, no, you don't, I don't see it. And then that's where we'll sit down. Hey, uh, what you doing tomorrow about 730? Let's go. Um, let's go sit down and, and have some dinner and then we're going to talk about this. And I want to show you some things that I saw and I want to see if you saw what I saw. This is where the conversation comes in at. I understand, KG. In order for us to be successful, we got to be like this. I got to be able to come to you and say, hey, you, you got to trust me just like I got to trust you. But if you say you don't, the guy. you don't get the guy that you stand on the table for sometimes. Exactly. Because you know why? Because here's the other thing you we're, we're glossing over is that owner, depending on that owner. Is gonna want what he wants too, and <laughs> we, because we, I'm gonna tell you right now, David Tepper is gonna get what he wants, and David Tepper's gonna want a quarterback. He's either gonna get Levis, he's gonna get Stroud. One of those two are gonna be the Panthers' starting quarterback opening day, and if it's not, then something's wrong because he comes from the school of Pittsburgh, where quarterback. Is king where you had Roethlisberger and you had that foundation, and then you were able to be relevant no matter what the rest of your team looked like. Or after you built your defense, they have a decent defense. Guess what? What when it comes down to football matters, I know it's easier said than done. When it comes down to football matters, any owner, a even Jerry Jones, Daniel Snyder has proven it. When we're sitting in the war room, you need to be sitting in the corner. When we're talking about draft, you need to be sitting in the corner. Yeah, you can have your input, but I don't need you standing on the table. You hired me to do a job. Let me do the damn job and leave me alone. See, if you want to manage as a owner, we're never going to fucking win. So so you send, because it's your credit card, and you send your kid to the store to get something. Is he going to get what he wants, or is he going to get what you tell him to get? Well, let him answer. Come in, Dario. Come, come. Come, come. Now, now, the question is, if I send you to the store with my credit card to get something, are you going to get what you want or are you going to get what I asked you to get? He's going to get what I asked him to get. And that's the owner. The owner's got the credit card. He's got the checkbook. So, But here's the thing. But this is the thing. And now let me put myself in the owner's shoes. If I hired you as my GM, you hired uh, Delonte as the head coach. I'm worried about the business side. Y'all handle the football side. Let me handle the business side. But I'm going to make sure you got money. I may not agree with what you do. And I may sit on a couple meetings. I'm like Ted Leonsis. Ted Leonsis sits on, in on meetings and he does this. Okay. And he just gets up. That's who I am as an owner. I hired you to do a job. If I micromanage you, you'll never be able to reach your full potential because I'm always meddling. That's why we have the problems we have in D.C. now. Because we have an owner that meddles. Yeah, but then you have some owners that they meddle as well. 
and then they also get out of the way. It's like it's a it's a it's a it's a dangerous dance of knowing when to jump in, when not to jump in. But also, you gotta feed you feed the ego. This is a billionaire, multi-time billionaire, and he doesn't see the results, so he believes in something else. And a he shouldn't have hired you if he doesn't believe in the same process that you you believe in. But at times, those things happen. They get a little they get a little bright-eyed, bushy-tail. They look at a guy, and the stars get in their eyes, and you gotta talk them off of that. You know, Jerry Jones had a healthy one with Johnny Manziel. Mm-hmm. We talked and about Johnny that. Manziel was it was and, and Steven talked him off the ledge, but that's what it's gotta be sometimes. And that's my point. As my GM, yes, I want to have an open rapport with you. I want to know what's going on. I want to hear what okay. you have to say. And I, I want to talk, I want to talk about all that. I want to sit around and chop it up. I want to be cooking on the grill and when we talking about draft picks and upcoming things, and we looking at tape on this guy, and I'm like, oh, I really like, but here's his downside. Ah, okay. Can we use them? And like, can we get them late? You know, that's the type of owner that I would like to be, where I'm just talking and it's open dialogue. I don't want to be in there standing on the table. You need to pick this guy. I want this guy. No, pick who you need. Shop for the groceries. You cook it up. All I'm doing is paying for it. Now, if I feel that we're going in the wrong direction, okay, I'll speak up and I'll say something. We'll have a conversation about it. that's what adults do. See, the problem is when the micromanaging come in, when you start micromanaging, nothing can happen because I don't know what you can do because I'm always over you looking over your shoulder. What you doing? What you, what you, what you, what you typing there, man? Who are you, who you talking to? Midnight Rider, what you doing? I'm just listening, man. No, no, no. What you doing? See, that micromanager, I don't need to do that. Just my opinion. No, I get it. I got it totally. Like, And I understand this. I also understand it's not like that. That's not how most owners run teams they want to be hands-on jerry jones was famous because he wanted to get all the credit that's why you always see him on the phone in the war room talking to nobody and stuff like that so you know i get it so i i, I like this hire i hope that um it's a successful hire i hope he gets more than six years in houston that are successful i hope he's allowed to i hope he's allowed to fail And if you yeah. don't know what I mean, listen to previous shows where I talk about and myself, the boss BJ, we talk about black coaches not giving the opportunity and to fail. So I hope he's allowed to fail. Oh my gosh. I didn't do it. So mm-hmm. he's got he's walking into the second overall pick. Mm-hmm. 12th overall, 33rd. Mm-hmm. In the third round, he has the 65th and the 73rd. Mm-hmm. He's got their fourth, their fifth, their sixth, and those are all gonna be at the top end of those rounds. Mm-hmm. He's got a he's got four six round picks, so he's got eleven picks to work with. Mm-hmm. Nothing in the seventh. Nothing in the seventh. Mm. And see that, that that that's like walking into a situation like that. That's ideal for me because I love draft picks. I love building through the draft. I love the process of the draft. I love all of it because if so, you got a great scouting team, you can find a gym in the sixth round. So you 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 take if somebody moves in front of you to pick one besides Chicago, you take the second best option at quarterback. At twelve, um, I would look to move down because somebody else is going to want to come up and either draft a quarterback or a lineman. 
um, in this draft. So you move out of 12, maybe down to 16, pick up an extra pick in like the second or third round. But you want to like this is the type of team that you guys start layering talent um, and layered in a good way because they had a strong defense last year for, for what they were asked to do. Maybe it was the system, maybe it was Lovey, but they didn't have stars. Um, they had a young Jalen Petrie um, playing safety for him who's going to be the truth. All you got to do is if they can add another corner with Stingley Jr., like this team has potential. Uh, I don't know what their linebacker situation is off the top of my head, uh, but, again, that's where you start filling in holes and then you start picking a need here, filling the need there. They definitely need – they got the running back. So now Pierce, um, so that's solidified. Now you get your maybe an offensive lineman. You get your quarterback at two. Maybe you throw something on the outside, you know, and then you get something from Brandon Cooks because you got to get rid of Cooks. You got to let Cooks yes. go. Yes. I don't even think he's staying with even with this situation. I don't think he's staying. I would even in that situation start looking at, you know, making moves to to get him out. That gets you another pick somewhere. So, again, I think they're in the perfect opportunity to start growing this team out and making some moves and making some things happen. Agreed. And then there's even talk about a certain fella coming back to Texans War 99 to to maybe even be a coach. Mm. Wouldn't be a bad idea. I'd love to see that. I mean, I would make him an assistant D-line coach just so that way that whoever I have can, you know, do some more of the basic stuff and then go with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Washington, not to get off topic, but Washington has to keep Jeff Zagonia yes. in this building. Uh, I believe you said Jack Del Rio's contract was up. He He's up, but, I mean, of course, that's just a simple resign. Yeah, um, but now what if you don't resign him and you promote off the staff? You're not gonna promote off the staff because Chris Harris is already out the building, and if you were doing that, you'd have promoted Chris Harris as your your D coordinator to be. So if anything, this is a situation where you might get a, and it all depends on what happens in Denver. Um, it's either bringing back Jack or you might get Steve Wilkes. That's what I was hoping for with Steve Wilkes. Not even gonna lie, you leading the witness. Uh, next, this one right here surprising, but uh, Tyler Snoop Huntley has made the Pro Bowl, um, in place of Josh Allen. That's it, that says it all. That That's his stats this year, yeah. 658 yards, two touchdowns, three INTs, a QBR of 41.2. There was something. I don't, I don't know if it was like a fan vote that puts him in as the, the alternate or whatever it was, but it was something um, quirky that happened that allowed him to be like the fourth alternate on this team. And there was no way in God's green earth. Like that's one of those situations you should just be like, all right, look, dog, come on. I mean, but then again, the Pro Bowl is such a joke that, it tells me that this is how much we care about this game, that we got this dude that was barely a backup and barely threw for three touchdowns is somehow in this Pro Bowl over anybody else um, in the AFC. See, Russ had 10. You could have gotten Russ. I don't understand this one. This is baffling. I think there was some – I think it was something with the voting. 
if, if memory serves me correctly. And that's how he landed into the four spot. Mm. Okay. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. The Pro Bowl has become a joke. It's a flag football game now. Well, it was a flag football game for the last three years. Yeah. They just weren't wearing the flags. Yeah. And I've said for, I want to say hell, we're going into year five of this. Officially year five. Um, Man, I've said for a while that they should have an all-star week, a Pro Bowl weekend. Because the game's on Sunday. You do QB challenge and all of that stuff and fastest man. Like I said the other day, do all of that stuff Pro Bowl weekend. You know, awards and honors and all of that. So everybody can go to Hawaii, but do it after the Super Bowl. Everybody goes to Hawaii, chills, have fun, vacation with the family, just like All-Star Weekend is. It's a it's a party. But you gotta you gotta put the 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 the, the you gotta put the work in. And the NFL has not done that. No, I mean the NFL kind of knows that it's running its course to an extent. Um, and I honestly I, I'd be scared of a fastest man competition. Cause all it's gonna take is one one guy to blow an Achilles, pop a hamstring, and then that's no longer an event. It's not happening again. What do you think about going back to old school and having the college all-stars play the NFL all-stars? You're going to get another worst version of a tag football game. I mean, you don't want them slaughtering each other and, you know, because you're messing up guys' draft stock. Or you take. You messing, but you're also messing up guys that maybe in a career, I mean, in a, in a year, a walk year, in a deal, or whatever. So that's why you got to, like, honestly, these dudes are so busy just taking care of themselves, making sure they don't get hurt. They don't get that injury. That's why you see a lot of these kids now, when it comes to the college bowl season, they're 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 sitting at home. They're like, all right, yeah, y'all can go to the um, you know, the the Duke's uh, Mayo Bowl bowl <laughs> and get the mayonnaise dumped on you, but I'm gonna be back <laughs> home chilling, you know what I'm saying? I, and see, that's what I don't like is we don't have anything for the NFL to celebrate the Pro Bowlers. The Pro Bowl game was never, you know, really tough and hard hit the first half was probably the hardest you would hit nah. but it was, it, you know back in the day jokers was making i mean you could make more than your salary some some guys and this is the 80s the 80s was different 80s, 90s get, yeah because the money still wasn't that at that level yeah now the money's at a point where i mean it's hard to get these guys to want to do that yeah because you, you you do get a winners and a losers share for the pro bowl yeah I just, I don't, how do you save it and not have oh. things like this with Huntley going to the Pro Bowl? But what other choice do you have? Nobody else wants to play. That's why you can't save it. Mm. But everybody wants to play in the NBA All-Star game. Uh. Oh, well. Uh, this one's for you. Ron Rivera plays Pebble Beach. I'll let you take the lead on this because no, this is yours. No, it's not even – I mean, it's, you're not going to get the diatribe that you're expecting. Then. I just think it's stupid at times that fans act like these people can't take a moment away. 
we're in a Zoom era. It's not like he has to sit there and crank up the tape and watch tape with these guys. So just now, I was just on a in one of my football groups, and I got like the top ten linebackers. I got their um their tape. Not the I mean, it's not the all twenty two, but it's like their little highlight reels. So what, what does he need to be here for? Like like I heard um my man Chris Russell going off, and then I'm like, Chris, what are you talking about? Like you, the Senior Bowl will cut up the tape. And they can, they'll send you all whatever you want. There's somebody there that's an assistant that's going to break down the tape and break down the practice tape just how you want it. And guess what? We got a representative there already there. Jennifer King's there. She's on the staff. So that's another. Yes. So, so, so it's like, what are we doing? What are we complaining about? Oh, he should be interviewing coordinators. Well, how many coordinators do you want him to interview? He had five right now. What you need? Ten? Twelve. I mean, if he ain't found somebody in these five, maybe he's waiting for somebody to finish up, like in the Super Bowl or whatever. Like, what, hey. do, like, what do we like? I, it's like sometimes we gotta be offended to be offended, and there's nothing there. Like, there's nothing here. There's no meat on this bone. Like, you're you're, you're picking on a carcass, and there's nothing on the carcass. Like, in this, especially after 2020, in this world. There's nothing we do that requires his presence in the building right now. Can I say something? Go ahead. That phrase you just used, there's nothing here. You're picking at a carcass. I absolutely love that. <laughs> I love that. That that is that is a great metaphor. And I agree 10,000% with you and cuz I was wondering where you were going to go with this. Yeah. And you you see the world the way I do. You know that coaches and executives they 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 have lives. They got families. You don't football may be your life, but sometimes you have to walk away from it for a little bit to get yourself recentered so you don't fall out of love with it. Well, think about this guy. He's an avid golfer. This is a, this is playing Pebble Beach in a pro am. Probably once in a lifetime opportunity. Over the last two years, you've dealt with whatever the scandals are with these with the, the, the franchise. You've dealt with cancer, you dealt with um the remit the rebrand and all the mm, some of those mistakes. Um you're just dealing with a whole bunch of stuff. I don't even want to go into the rest of the list because I, I got all of it. I know the whole <laughs> thing. You, gotta, you gotta deal with the, the stress of playing a quarterback who almost died. And now you got to be responsible for if he goes back on the field because you know how this world operates. The second something that would have happened to Alex Smith, oh, he should have never played him. He was coming off of And then, like, for some reason, Alex Smith couldn't understand that they, hey, you can't die on my watch. That's literally what Ron was thinking and probably what Ron was saying. Like, I, nah, dog, I can't have your body on my, on my resume. So, so, so the, those are the things that, like, and those are just the, the like, we what, five? We're not even further into that list. But there's so much. And then now the dude just took took a weekend. Yeah, Senior Bowl. So you don't think the whole team of scouts are down in Senior Bowl? And the other half of the team is at, um, what is it, the March of Dimes? Not the March of Dimes. Um, it's the other bowl game that's right before that, um, the East-West Round game. Mm-hmm. You don't think we got people at both of those already, scouts? And they can just, while they're at practice, they call the um, – the the offensive analyst or whatever the guy's 
called a digital guy and he, he sent you the cut clips. Now you're sitting there watching clips. What's the other one? You got the senior bowl, the east west bowl, and what was it? The uh, was is the blue gray bowl? Blue gray used to happen. I, I think they kind of did away with that because okay. that was right around Christmas. Okay, so so I think that, that was where all the home. seniors came together, correct? Yeah, that's what, like if you didn't go to because it's different rosters at each one, right? So if you don't go to the senior bowl, you go to the east west shrine game or you go to this game, and you know, it's different. Well, they used to have it, they used to have the shrine a little bit earlier. So if you played well at the east west shrine, you could possibly get a call up to the senior bowl. So that's how it used to be, but I think they ended up being so close on the schedule that you really can't do that this year. Gotcha. I, and I'm surprised that uh, Chris Russell, Chris Russell don't only go off about stuff like that. Yeah. He, he has his moments. That's my guy, but always going to be my guy. <laughs> yeah, man. That's my man. But I, I'm just surprised at him. You know, I'm he, not, he, nah, man, he normally nonchalant. He's not going to rise over that. Yeah. He is. Cause it's, 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 he has this, and you'll start picking, like, just pay attention to it. He's a very conservative, scared of chaos. Like, he'll he'll say, oh, we need to get a quarterback. But then it's like, well, we can't go that high to get a quarterback because what if he fails? Like, dude, you either got to take the chance or you can't take the chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't keep adding all these caveats to it. But neither here nor there. Still, like I said, it's still a good dude, man. Her man yeah. beat I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, finishing up with the Wiz kids, uh, the question is: Wizards on the move up or teasing us? Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Wizards have won what one, two, three, four straight games? Five. Oh, I, five. Yeah. Last night I think they made five, five, six. Okay. They haven't lost since January 16th, and tonight, nope, tomorrow they play the Pistons in Detroit. Right. Um, last night they beat the Spurs, and this is not the Spurs. Oh, this is not Tim Duncan led Spurs. Uh, this is just the Spurs. Denny Advia led uh the Wizards in scoring with twenty five nine rebounds and assists. I mean, if this is what the Wizards can do, mm. see, there they go. They're being that tempestuous whore. <laughs> there it goes. It's like it's like you want to fall in love with them, but it, it, it always they always find a way to break your heart. But in this situation, the main reason I want to talk about this is because they're actually in a good spot. You you play the Pistons. I'm not gonna say that's a dub because it's the NBA and you probably got to travel up to Detroit. So no telling on that. Um, then you get I think it's like Cleveland. Um. Oh, who was out? It's like three games where they should be able to go two two out of three. Uh, they got the Pistons tomorrow, the Trailblazers, the Nets, then the Cavs mm-hmm. on uh, the six. So 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 once you take Detroit out of the picture, if they can go two and three in the next in the next part, maybe they can start building something. And then he made a statement um, earlier today in the interview, kind of like you know his teammates started um, kind of just pumping them up. And he started to feel like he had to be a little bit more aggressive. And I think some of that comes on the heels of the Hachimura deal. And I don't want to make it sound like 
I felt like Hachimura was a bad apple or a bad person. But I think this is one of those situations I always talk about addition by subtraction. I think you cleared up some minutes for guys. Um, so now guys are a little bit more comfortable. It's not constantly looking over my shoulder. Um, and I think you have enough of a spread with guys evenly spaced out where they're not always stepping on each other's toes for minutes or they're playing the same position. And I think that's kind of what you had with Rui and um, Denny was they were the same. They were like kind same parts and, and they just seemed to do the same thing. And you couldn't really differentiate their game. You know, with Kispert, he's the shooter. Rui and Denny is like, ah, they're the defense, but they also the rebounder, but they can also shoot a little bit. And I think that's kind of where getting away from one of those two um, actually helped the guys as opposed to hurt the team. Out of the rotation of uh, 10 players, they had seven in double figures. Right. That is, that's impressive. Um, just looking at this Wizards team, just, just in the Spurs game, you got 16 from Kuzma, 14 from Kispert, 17 from Porzingis, 21 from Bill. 11 from Morris, 25 from uh, 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 Denny, and 12 from Kendrick Nunn, 5 from DeLon Wright, 4 from Taj Gibson, and 2 from Carey. Here's my thing, and I'm being absolutely honest. The way that scoring load is distributed evenly, and you 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 brought in 127 points, I got no beef with that. I love the way that's done because it's not on one person. It's everybody getting A's, and I love it because – Nobody played over 33 minutes. That is good. That's good rotation. And that's as much as I love Phil Jackson, I used to hate, but I loved it in the playoffs when he went with short benches instead of going deep down in the bench and, and pulling up the Judd Bushlers. And, you know, he went Winnington and Randy Brown. That was it. And, he, you know, and, or, or Tony Winnington and Randy Brown. That was it. But. I always wanted Phil to go deeper sometimes to give other guys a chance to get in. But, you know, if it was a blowout, you know, they were getting in. Judd Bush is going to get himself a dunk. But I love when coaches use deep benches during the regular season because it gives your stars. It, it gave Bradley Bill a rest because he only played 30 minutes last night. And he still scored 21 points, 7 points, 7 assists. I'm sorry, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. That's not prime Bill. But he didn't have to carry the load. That is good, Bill. Now, if it came, yeah. So you're working back slow. You can't work back fast off of that. But now, if he gets to the point where it got close, that's when I expect Bill to go off. I expect Bill to drop 45. Easy. You know, you can blink two times and Bill will give you 45. That's where I have the problem with Bill. Because I know he can score in bunches. But it's just nice where he's on with he just won't shoot. I think and, uh, go ahead. No, I just think this team has enough now that you don't need hero Bradley Bill. <sighs> Look, I'd be wanting Bradley Bill to be like, fuck y'all, I'm shooting this, and just go and knock it down because I know he can do it. And that's what pisses me off because I know he can do it. Yeah, but you also need him to keep you need him to keep the other guys involved and keep the other guys because you need you need Denny to play defense. And you need, like, I used to like, with certain teams, they would get certain guys going early. Um, so, like, on a Tuesday night, maybe, like, Phil might let Lamar take the first couple 
um, to open the game up so he can see the basketball go through, through the rim. And now all of a sudden he's alive and he's giving you, he's giving you the dynamic Lamar Odom, the, the 16, 10 and eight Lamar Odom. Um, not the Thursday four, four, you know, the triple single like Lamar. And that didn't happen a lot, but it's still one of those things where, you know, he had some duds in there. And I think like, Coaches when they're smart, they can they can ignite guys by just simply feeding them the rock early or, or giving them a play here and there just so they can stay engaged. And I think that's what you kind of want to do with this team. I think they feel like they have enough talent. And I think that's where they struggle at is there's enough talent on this team that I don't need hero bill. I just need you to keep everybody, keep the train going. And last night was the perfect example of watching the train stay on the tracks. No argument for me. No argument because you just explained it perfectly. You know, I'm I'm, I'm stingy. I'm selfish. I want to see what I want to see. But you explained it in a, in a way that it makes a thousand percent sense. And basically, you just told me, get the fuck off, feel back. <laughs> I got what you're saying. <laughs> I got what you're saying. Um, we come to the end of the show. I'm glad I got the midnight ride here because I got two questions for him. And one of them, I think one of them we're going to have to stick a pin in until that'll be some off-season topic. Um, being a Laker fan, and I was reading a post about Magic coming back in 95, 90, well, 96, 95, 96 season, and he played those games. A lot of people saw, oh, man, Magic's out of shape. Magic, you know, he said he wanted to bulk up for this type of NBA. Did you think that, let me rephrase that. If Magic would have stayed another season, even though he went out a couple months after they went out uh, the first round of the playoffs, if he would have stayed on and came back that following season, he would have been playing with Shaq, Kobe, later on Robert Ory, uh, Derek Fisher, Nick Van Exel. Um, Do you think, and I think I posted in our sideline junkies group. And I just want to ask this question because I don't want to get too deep into it, but I want to hear what you have to say because I posted that just for you. And, oh, don't forget about Eddie Jones is on that team too. Um, do you think that that Laker team of 96, 97 would have won 65 games and probably led the West? Nah, because I think they would have probably finished somewhere around. They probably won 50 to 55. But then the problem becomes, you know, you always got to start defining roles in these situations. Somebody's got to be the alpha. And I think Magic and Shaq might have butted heads in that window um, just a little bit, uh, trying to establish it. I think Magic would have given way to Shaq, to the big fella. But at some point, I think they kind of clog up the lane a little bit um, and they get in, get in each other's way a little bit. Uh Guard-wise, I mean, Dale Harris was still coaching that team, so they weren't going to – I'm sorry, I don't give them 65 wins with Dale Harris at all, ever. And that's another person that gets part of the shrapnel from, from that team is I think Dale mismanaged that team to a detriment. And I think if he had – not coddled Kobe, but if he had just took the kid and let the kid um, – yes, you got to earn it. But you also got to get the kids some opportunities to, to to make plays. And I think that first year, he he mismanaged Kobe so much that 
Um, it did push Kobe, but I think it hurt the team itself because maybe in that moment in Utah, you know, he could hit one of those two shots that Eddie Jones was scared to take um, or decide to pass up. But that's neither here nor there. Now, I asked that because looking at the 96-97 roster, you also had the Big Easy on that roster, Eldon Campbell. Um, mm. Jerome Kersey, uh Byron Scott came back. And I always said that if Magic would have stayed, you would have combined Showtime with the Lake Show. huh? You wouldn't have had Kersey then. You wouldn't have brought Kersey in if you right. had Magic. If you had Magic. But you would have still combined Showtime and the Lake Show together. It may not have been Showtime proper. They may not have been running the break, but I don't know. I just I always wondered. I, I've always wondered, could it have been some magic? And they caught lightning in a bottle at the right time and just ran with it. Okay. I've always wondered that, but that's later that's on. Cool. That's content. That's, that's one of the, the, the what-if shows. Yes. Um. Secondly, I'm going I'm to say a name in his prime. Just tell me your thoughts about it, and then we gone. Ron Harper. Oh, Ron Harper was the um, the guy. I mean, I think that team with him and um, Mark Jackson, I think the only problem was they were playing for the Clippers and they were in the West. I think that was their biggest detriment. Um, I'm not saying if you put them in the East, they're challenging Boston and Detroit, but um, they're making some noise. I just – I think he just was one of those guys that, A, he ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time, and then, B, that leg injury took a whole lot away from him. Um, uh, what's the kid that was in L.A., and then he resurfaced in Golden State? Like, Deshaun Livingston. Livingston is, like, the perfect example of a guy like that where like that knee injury took so much away from his natural ability that you don't really – now that you saw him with the Bulls, I'm not talking about Harper, I don't think you fully appreciate the athlete that he was. And even the time when he was in L.A., um, he was more crafty than anything else. But, I mean, it's, hey, he could go. Yeah. And, and that's why I asked that because I've had uh, people I've talked to on comments, they was like, Ron Harper wasn't that good. He was slow. I was like, no, 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 we're talking prime Ron Harper. They right. called this man the poor man's Jordan because he could light you up for 30 easily. Yeah. Easy. He could jump out of the gym and, you know, ACLs back then wasn't the same thing. This man reinvented himself when he came to Chicago. He was supposed to fill in the triangle for Jordan. They figured out he couldn't do it. So what did he do? He focused on defense. Focused on defense. And said, you know, I'll be a perimeter stopper. And that's what he was. Then you know, I just wanted to get your opinion on Ron Harper. He's just he's just a dog, and I love him. My man, Hollywood Hawk. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, we'll be back Thursday. Yeah, today, Tuesday. We're back Thursday. Thursday. We ain't even got a show set for Thursday, but we're gonna come back on Thursday, rock this thing. Knock it out the park yet again. So for the Midnight Rider, I'm the big guy, KG. You know the motto. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. It is. <laughs>